Guys, guys, welcome back. I'm so excited to be back. It has been way too long, and I guess we're officially calling this season two of the Refined by Fire podcast. And today, we are opening up with a very fantastic conversation with the one and only Jamie Robertson. She is the female collegiate representative for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes at Carter Mason University. She works alongside myself and her husband, Nate, our director. And we're just going to have a great conversation today about women's ministry, uh, her testimony, her story, how she's been changed by the students that we work with. And she just has such an amazing advice. She's an amazing person. And I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. So play that intro. Hello and welcome to the Refined by Fire podcast, a show with conversations about faith, trials, and the oh-so-long walk of life we are each called into. I am your host, Matt Kennedy, and I hope you find these episodes to be encouraging and uplifting. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Hello and welcome into the Refined by Fire podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a, a hot minute and um, I am so happy to be back today. We'll call this season two. Sure. I love it. Why not? We'll, 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 call, this, uh, we'll call this season two. We're back and I'm so excited for this conversation because this person is very, very close to me, one of my good friends and coworkers and one of the people I've come to know very well over the last couple of years, uh, Miss Jamie Robertson. How are we doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Jamie, a little bit of background about herself before we uh, kind of get into today's conversation. Um, she is the female rep for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and she is a mom, a wife, uh, a, a friend, and just an amazing person around the community and well-known in Grand Junction, and she, and she just has such a positive impact um, around so many people's lives. She is a mentor, a disciple, and people just have so many amazing things to, to say about her no matter uh, who you talk to. So, Jamie, Jamie, are you ready? Ready for this conversation? I'm ready. Let's do okay. it. Okay, we're going to ask you a couple questions, but the first one, uh, the question of the day is, what is your favorite way to treat yourself? It's <laughs> um, a good question. Like self-care. I, like, yeah. Honestly, my husband can attest to this. Um, I just think it's like super fun to spend money, and I think that, I know that's a lame answer, but I like love shopping for clothes okay. i'm on a very strict budget because you know we do ministry um but either like going shopping or probably a pedicure i think that's like pretty okay pretty good for my heart and soul yeah yeah definitely yes. how often would you say you do that on like um like you say like once every couple months be like dang i could really need this today We'll, we'll go spend an afternoon, hand off the baby to, to nate and and go take care of ourselves yeah um i think the pedicure is definitely a little further in between than I would prefer probably. But, um, yeah, once every couple months to go and just hang out, relax, get a little back massage from the chair while they do it. You know, have that's, you ever gotten a pedicure? It's good stuff. I, you know what? It's one of those things that's on the list. Okay. You just got to get somebody to go do it with. Sure. So that's fair. I, I am, I'm not opposed to the idea. Okay. You nor, heard it here, ladies. Nor me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not opposed okay, to that good. either. But when you build up that dead skin on the bottom of your feet, you, you kind of look at it and you're like, okay. It's probably, not good. Yeah. Probably got to get that taken care of. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's honestly a good way to do it. Like people need self-care. Yeah. Like once in a while and once every one to two months, especially if you have a busy schedule, just to break that up. Sure. It's, it's, a, yep. it, it's a good way to do that. It's a good way to keep your mental health um, in check. So, Jamie, a little bit about uh, your background. Um, I know you pretty well, but you're born and raised in Grand Junction. You went and played basketball for the University of Northern Colorado. You met Nate a, f- a few years ago. You guys got married, had your first kid. So, like, I know that portion of your story, but I would love for you to, to share, like, three to five minutes kind of, like, about your background how you came to know the Lord and what do people want to know about you exactly? 
Sure. Um, yeah. So like you said, grew up here in Grand Junction. I think I was kind of raised as like, our family was like, just good things come to good people, right? Like follow the rules, um, show up, do a good job, be nice, all those sorts of things. Um, there was never really any talk about faith or spirituality in my immediate like nuclear family. And, but I always, I remember like wondering always, like I, I found an old Bible at our house and I would like, yeah, just read it, try to read it like any old other books. I'd like open to page one, be like Genesis and then, you know, barely make it through a couple chapters and be like, this doesn't really make sense. But I always had that kind of like longing on my heart. And obviously in hindsight, that's the Lord, um, you know, drawing me to himself, but went to college and I was just kind of surrounded by believers. It was pretty sweet. I, um, befriended some soccer girls and softball girls who were believers that invited me to their Bible study. Um, I was roommates, um, with some other freshmen on the basketball team that were believers. So he, the Lord just kind of like surrounded me and I was really very much doing the like freshman college thing, still going out and partying, like all that sort of stuff. But like, there was always a piece of me that on Sunday morning when I would be like super hungover in my dorm room, like I would see my teammates like going to church and be like, huh, that doesn't actually look that bad. Um, so long story short, went through an alpha study, which is basically like Christianity 101. Okay. Did that with some soccer girls and one of the athletic trainers um, who kind of like discipled a lot of those girls. And by the end of it, I was like, okay, like I believe all this. I, it was kind of like, who is God? Who's Jesus? Why did he have to come? You know, like just really breaking it down and it just all kind of made sense. So I, I love that ministry and super thankful for that. And, um, after that, I had hip surgery, uh, missed a whole year of playing, had to redshirt, and then the very first game back of the next season, um, within the first two minutes at DU, we were playing our very first game, caught the ball to shoot a layup, and tore my ACL. Mm. Like, super routine thing I'd done, like, a million, yeah, yeah, billion yeah. times in my life. And so, oh. you know, looking back, it was so kind of the Lord to have me know him before that. Cause that was like one of the hardest things, you know, like totally. no matter how much of a, a strong believer you are, like when you play sports your whole life, a lot of your identity is still wrapped up in that. So totally. I can't imagine like going through that, you know, identity crisis without having like, okay, what is the answer? Who am I really? Who does God say I am? So yeah, after that decided to be done playing, my body was just tired and worn out. Um, so met Nate, my husband, the summer I moved back to Grand Junction and had some mutual friends set us up and started dating like a couple weeks after we met, got engaged the next summer and married the next summer. So um, it's been sweet to be back in Grand Junction. I was pretty naughty in my high school years, like secretly naughty, like no one really knew, but to have some, I never thought I'd live here again. And now yeah. to be able to do ministry here and have this whole new community here and my family's still here, which is really sweet. So yeah. When, when you look back at that, what drew you back to Grand Junction? Was it just like, okay, like I want to, because you, because you were a teacher, a teacher Grand Junction high school. Was that the main reason? Like, okay, I know I got connections back there. Or do you feel like it was the Lord being like, we're going to put her in a place where she's going to succeed and, and, and where she's going to flourish the most? Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely was the Lord. I, I just didn't really have another option. Like I, I yeah. didn't have this other thing in me that was like, I need to go travel the world. Like at that point, sure. I kind of wanted to be close to family. I knew I was done with basketball. Um, I actually studied business in my undergrad, so I knew I wanted to, well, I thought at the time I wanted to be, you know, a teacher for my whole life, like the generations before me and my family had. So did CMU's teaching program. Um, So it kind of just felt like that was the only option. But now, you know, obviously seeing the the Lord's hand in it, it's pretty sweet to, to see 
how it all worked out. Totally, totally. And I'm, I'm thinking back to when I first met you back in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fall of 2018, I was still a student at Mesa going into my junior year. Yep. I believe you and Nate were were about to get married. I think like I first met you guys like right like 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 a month or so mm-hmm. before you guys actually got married. Then and then Nate started working at at Mesa, being the FCI. I think he was a rep and then became the official like the director at the time. You were still teaching, and then shortly after that, you decided to leave your teaching career to join Nate on staff with FCA to completely do 180 and and do ministry. What would you say was the main reasoning for doing that? How would you describe that experience? Because that must have been, for a lot of people, a tough decision to join ministry. Or maybe for you it was an easy easy decision. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. I guess I've never asked you that question before. Yeah. Um, I think of two things as you say that. One is like the very first. So like right after I got saved, I knew like I needed a mentor. Like someone in my yeah, life yeah. to like invest in me and be able to ask questions of an older woman. And the very first mentor I had in Greeley, I was like, I think someday I like want to work in ministry. And I had like barely even like knew what that work was. And she reminded me like ministry is all aspects of society, right? Like we, God, God wants us to shape and, um, yeah, shape culture in like every arena, right? Like in the business world in the teaching world, all of it. And so she reminded me like, it's all ministry. Right. And I still think that's true, but thinking back, like that's a very distinct point in my life of being like, I don't really know why I think this, but like, I think I'll, I don't, I didn't know if it was parachurch or church or, you know, any of those things, but I kind of like always felt that in my heart. And then honestly, like meeting up with Nate every day after work and he'd come home, like just on fire about what he was getting to do for work and the conversations he was having. And I was like, Oh, cool. I'm (laughs) happy for you. You know, I just did not have that same fulfillment in a job and, you know, a job is a job. It's like hard, but you know, this like being on staff too, like this is a pretty special thing we get to yeah. do and to feel fulfilled in what you do. There's obviously hard parts, but, um, I saw that fulfillment in him and I, I volunteered at pretty much everything. I was discipling girls. Like I was kind of doing the staff life with him because I didn't want to just sit at home alone. And yeah, it, totally. I, I think it gave me enough of a taste of it to feel brave enough to step out and be like, I, I know a little bit of what that will be like on the other side of teaching. Totally, so totally. yeah, I think it was, I was grateful. I don't think I would have been brave enough to be the one to do it first. Like Nate had to be the one to step out, take the risk, fundraise, work with, you know, do all those things. And then for me to be like, oh, sure, we can do that. You know, it made it a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. As you look back at it now, being in it for for a couple of years and now we're entering a a new season where like we've gone through a lot in the last year or two um, with COVID and everything that comes along with that. How would you say you've matured being a, a leader in a ministry like FCA, especially upholding most of the woman's part of it as it's, there's a lot of girls in the ministry mm-hmm. that, you, that you kind of look over. How would you say you've matured doing that over the last year or two? Yeah. Um, I think the last year has really grown me in, in a lot of different ways. Like, as you mentioned before with having a kid and a pan, you know, like there was just a lot that happened in the last year, but I am looking back thinking like, wow, the Lord provides in every every season, yeah. every single, like I'm, I'm reading through Exodus right now and oh, wow. seeing him provide the manna every single day, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, reminds me so much of what the past year was like, just of having to wake up every day and be like, Lord, you have to provide because none of this makes any sense. And I don't know how to do any of this. And you know, my whole life, I felt like a pretty like competent human being who could do whatever I wanted. And then all of a sudden it was like, I couldn't do anything I wanted because of COVID and other struggles throughout the year. And so just 
seeing him and growing in a trust of like, okay, he really does provide and to not be too greedy. Like when they take more mana than they need for the day, like it gets rotten overnight, you know, like when they took more than they needed, it was full of worms and it was stinky. And so I can't get like too greedy with exciting stuff or all these things I want to do. Just trusting every day, like he will lead, he will guide, he will bring the right conversations. Like, yeah, yeah, he just directs every single step and provides every day. I think that's one of the most powerful things you can, you can say about the ministry though. And, and, and like, I know what you're talking about totally. as, as we're walking a very, very similar walk, doing the exact same ministry, you know, understanding the exact same mission and vision. Like God has to be the sole provider mm-hmm. for, for ministry, especially when it comes to college kids, where, where it comes to fundraising and meeting people, meeting donors, wanting to meet coaches and athletes, every single aspect of the ministry, you cannot be like, okay, I'm going to make it performance-based because right. that's that's not how it works. If right. God calls you into something, then he's going to have to be the one that provides for it. Mm-hmm. And you and Nate are such a good testament to that because you guys have been so faithful to, mm-hmm. to trust the Lord. And I've seen the ministry go grow from being a student to now being on staff. Like you guys have done such an awesome job ministering that and the students respond very well to that. And a ministry succeeds when there's a lot of surrender. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think you would definitely agree when, when saying that that's, that's so important when, when, when establishing something on a campus like Colorado Mesa. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That word surrender. It's not, <laughs> it's like such a hard word, but yeah, you know, it's not it's, a fun word. No, but yeah, it's totally what we're called to. And I think different seasons provide different ways to, for that to feel more obvious than others. Right. Right. So the concept of the podcast, at least the initial goal, like it's based on first Peter one seven, which talks about refinement by fire, your faith being tested, being refined. Like it's because it's more precious than gold. And when it does, like it brings glory to the Lord. Like that's kind of like the whole concept of what, of what first Peter one seven is about. And I think from, from your perspective, like you offer such a unique story when it comes to your life changes and so much happening in such a short amount of time, when it comes to getting married, a career change, having a kid, would you say that there was a lot of rewarding but also challenging aspects of that? And, and what would you say is kind of like the ratio? I don't know. I, I guess that's like a weird question to ask because cause you can't really look it back and be like, obviously, was that a bad portion? Was that a good portion <laughs> of life? Because right. there's so much that goes into that when it comes to just those random life events. But how would you, I guess a better question to ask is like, how would you say the Lord has provided in that time of COVID, having Kyler Joy, your your daughter, and and doing ministry, all that kind of combined, how would you say you, you you saw the Lord provide out of that? Yeah, I mean, it's fun to get to talk about this with you because I don't have to like explain it all. You yeah, know, like yeah. you you saw it too. Like it felt like it was just a front row seat to watch him do work. Um, yeah. Like it was just we kind of again that word surrender, but we kind of had to say like, okay, like this is what we prayed about. This is what we feel like is potentially the best route to navigate this year of ministry and we'll see how it all goes you know like totally we were, i was thinking because it's you know the first week of school right now as we're recording this like thinking back to this time last year yeah. the first year first week of school like it was just such a time filled with anxiety and fear and you know at least for me like i was just so nervous about how long is this going to last and are we going to be able to make it and are kids going to grow in their relationships with Jesus. And you know, it's like it's a so, lot of questions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And to see him like not just grow the ministry, but like, I think he grew in depth too. like now our students lead their peers mm-hmm. in Bible studies and small groups. And we'd never even, I don't know why we'd never even thought to do that before, but now all of a sudden it's like, duh, like mm-hmm. that's of course what they need to be doing is leading each other. You know, there were so many things looking back to be like, 
maybe I don't know how you feel, but like maybe our ministry is better off because of COVID, you know? And and I think that's maybe, I know that's not true for everyone. And I know that that's probably uncomfortable for a lot of people, but I keep thinking of like, you know, that's super churchy saying of like, I think it's Esther. I'm sure of like, we're born for such a time as this, like Mm. that can come off really cliche, but really like we could have been doing ministry 20 years ago when there was not a pandemic and there was not, all this racial tension and injustice and you know we just have been through like so much and to think like why were we the ones chosen i'll i don't know but here we are we just get to watch the lord continue to provide one of the things that i've enjoyed talking to you about as well as nate as we we're in the school year now but leading up to it was that we're thinking like everything happens for a reason and and we know that but also like the lord as it talks about in jeremiah or in romans like he works out everything for the good of those mm-hmm. of those who love him and and like basically he has a plan for for everything and i know it's tough to say that when so many horrible things are happening around us but at the end of it like looking a year back from covid we saw a lot of fruit mm-hmm. from last year like from the trials through the positive cases through some quarantines <laughs> a lot of a lot of no's from people right. saying no i don't really want to be a part of that like we had some students who couldn't come to huddles on a weekly basis because there were so many restrictions in place and we had the mass, which people feel off and on about. And then all of a sudden, like we have a vaccine this year they're worrying about, but a year moved, like, like you said, there's so much good that comes out of it. So many mm-hmm. new relationships, so many new, uh, people who want to become involved with the ministry, people who want to have their lives changed by the Lord. And, and, and I think from, from your perspective, seeing the woman's ministry grow mm-hmm. was a huge blessing because now we have tons of, of young freshmen, sophomores who came in the last two years mm-hmm. and were really developed as, as leaders last year mm-hmm. and who have seen their faith skyrocket because of the tough year, but also like the community that they had. And I mm-hmm. think like you witnessing that, you can attest to the Lord doing work through through the woman within FCA. Totally. Yeah. I um Sometimes I look around and I'm like, I can't imagine being in college in this season, you know, Um, but it's really sweet to get to walk alongside them. And I think, you know, you're younger in age too, like being close enough in age to them to be able to like relate and remember, I think like what college feels like, not to mention, like you just said, everything else going on, but to just walk alongside them and, um, you know, scripture talks a lot about like bearing one another's burdens, like just to, just to listen when they're struggling or I don't know. It was just cool to see the Lord, like you said, use it all for good for their growth. And they're going to look back one day and have so much to, to just remember of the way he, the ways that he provided and totally. the ways he, he cared for them during that season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and jumping over to like the women's ministry aspect, there's been, I don't know, like, there's a lot of questions when it comes to, to women's ministry nowadays. Like, people, I mean, there's obviously the, the conversation of should women be pastors? Like, mm. should they be in a leadership role? And it goes back and forth. I think it's always been a topic of discussion, but even more prevalent nowadays where people are being bold to step up into leadership roles mm-hmm. and take that. And and I'm, for one, like, I, I, I think that there should be as many chances as possible for women to lead in, in this example and, mm. and watching you come up and take the leadership role that you have, like you produce so much fruit at, at CMU FCA. And so what would you say are kind of like some misconceptions about doing women's ministry compared to just, just regular ministry, like from being in the church, from being in a parachurch ministry, from doing FCA, what would you say has kind of been your perception from what other people say about it? Yeah. Um, yeah. These are hot waters, Matt. You said no hot takes, but I feel like that's what we're <laughs> 
Um, I'm currently like, I've been listening to some different resources and, you know, trusted voices of the whole egalitarian versus complementarian. Like what is, you know, I don't, it's hard because I have women pastors in my life, like lead pastors that I love and trust and respect. Yeah. And then obviously we all get a preference on like what we think. I guess what I'm trying to say is like a second tier issue, right? Like it's not Absolutely. whether or not we agree or disagree on women's roles in leadership. Um, we're not going to doesn't qualify our salvation, but it's been fun to just kind of not come into it feeling like I want to take Nate's job. I want to be the director. Like, obviously it's different cause he's my husband, but <laughs> so I wouldn't want to do that anyways. But like, <laughs> there's not this, like, there doesn't have to be this like striving or ambition to like prove myself as a woman or like just because I am a female to come in and be like, I have to feel like, feel like I need to like extra prove myself in ministry. Like yeah. the Lord has given a lot of freedom to just be like, here's an opportunity serve humbly. Like yeah. here's another opportunity serve humbly. And Honestly, it makes it easier because, like, my heart is for college girls. Um, And so I'm not, like, I don't have this, like, ambition to be, like, the next so-and-so, like, lead teacher, awesome person. Like, so that takes away some of the pressure. But I think one of the things that came to mind first when you were, you know, mentioned this question of misconceptions is, like, women's ministry, I think, comes off, like, really flowery and pretty and, like, hugs and emotions and all those things and like women are maybe more wired emotionally yeah but just seeing in my own life and then my students lives like girls want like actual depth and they want theology and they want real bible like i'm looking at my bible right now it does have flowers on the outside and it (laughs) is a pretty cover but then like i want to dig into it and like know the word well and, and study it and i think that maybe sometimes (laughs) if you're listening in your car you don't need to pull over (laughs) um it doesn't have to be like just a show that's pretty for women to come like i think that that is something that maybe our churches and you know myself haven't done well in the past is like we have to make an event with t-shirts and flowers and all these like cool things just to get women there when it's really like bring in a solid teacher like equip women to know the word and to study the word and make disciples and like and that is what changes lives. There's this joke that I've seen used a couple times when it comes to like church retreats oh, for, for, yeah. for men and women. And it's like the men's retreat. There's a couple categories, like it's a cabin and there's woods and there's probably some guns involved, <laughs> shooting and cookouts and just like having a good time and hanging out compared to the women's retreats where it's at the church and you're right. bringing in a speaker and you have journals for everybody and you <laughs> study, probably a book you're going to discuss and you go right. nowhere, you sit in a circle and just discuss for hours while the guys like to hang out. I mean, it seems like that's kind of like some of the, the general stereotypes when it comes to these two different types of ministries. And you kind of like wonder what that is, but obviously that dives into different, deeper things of like needs, but obviously, but people can look at it at the wrong way. And I love the way how you described it. Like women have such a desire to go deeper mm-hmm. and to, and to know the Lord and to know his word totally. that, that they find the community in that. And they find community in strong women who want to walk along that with, who want to take that walk with them. Totally. So the, I get it. Needs are different in ministry, but I think we should obviously take more time to look at that and question, are we doing this right? Are we doing it wrong? Yeah. And, and address more serious, like, yeah, yeah. Like you don't need all the flowers and, and, and pink and all that other stuff. Like, like what, from where I hear you saying, you just, you just want God's word and you just want people who, who want to, who want to do it with you. Yeah. Well, and it's like looking back in scripture, like 
Jesus didn't use women in like really like unimportant ways. Like um, when he, the first person he appeared to when he rose from the dead was Mary Magdalene, was Mary, yeah. right? Like that matters. And, and he put her in a position to have her voice be used and her story is told time and time again. Yeah. Like that, that's an important role. That's not just like he comes back to the house after he gets raised from the dead. And then she like, makes him dinner right that's ministry too like that that's still important ministry of like serving and hospitality and all those things but i'm just saying like the women in scripture are not used only in like those like homemakery totally sweet emotional ways i I, guess i think of the story of martha and mary totally and and that how martha is just like constantly like in that like if she's the host jesus is at the table right and she's away she's cooking cleaning serving everybody she wants to be a good hostess right and she's doing a good job doing it i mean she's working her butt off and i'm sure everybody there appreciates it but then her sister mary is sitting at the feet of jesus Mm -hmm. martha's like hey jesus can you tell her to come help because she's just being lazy at this point and jesus says why do you criticize what she's doing she is doing what she needs to be doing right now and it Mm -hmm. will not be held against her she's actually will be remembered and like mary is one of the most influential characters in the whole entire bible because she's constantly at the feet of jesus and jesus loves her for that right and so i I just i just love that image of like two different things what people think we should be doing and you could take that many different ways like totally can be working and like trying to do different things like i could apply that to my life and but 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 what i love is that jesus specifically uses women to show that they're dedicated at his feet wanting to learn and love them and he loves them back for and like he Mm -hmm. uses them very very prominently in that yep so i love that i love that okay okay uh moving along what else we got um, all right, Jamie, last question. How have you been impacted by serving in the magnitude that you do? Because you do a lot. You interact with a lot of girls. You serve a lot of people. And, and I think you kill it. Like, you're awesome at it. But how have you been impacted by the magnitude of which you serve? Yeah. Um, I think, honestly, as I, you know, look back on serving the last couple of years, like, in a more quote unquote official way with FCA in the ministry. Like it just has reminded me like the Lord is really in control. Like I, I just, and I know that, you know, this is maybe another like topic that some people may disagree with, but like his sovereignty, I just have full trust in. And I know you mentioned earlier, like that's hard to believe sometimes when you see, see things like Afghanistan and Haiti and you know, like all these tragedies, but like, his sovereignty is just so evident in the work that we do, I think. And so that brings me so much peace and comfort and knowing like I get to show up. He's already at work. What, what, what ways can I participate in what he's already doing? You know? Um, and then the other piece of recognizing like today matters for eternity. Like especially being at home with Kyler a lot of days, it starts to feel pretty monotonous and it starts to feel like, does this matter? Like, you know, girls have to come to the house and it's not like we can go through a full on study together right now in this season. And, you know, ministry does look different right now since having her, but knowing like a raising kids is discipling them. And then also like it all counts in God's kingdom. Like however we show up and serve, whether that's in like super official ways or unofficial ways or, shiny and pretty ways that get attention or just ways of like unloading the dishwasher every single day, even though you hate it, like (laughs) that all counts and it all matters and whatever is placed in front of us, like we, it matters. And that brings me a lot of, 
a lot of relief because in a world that is around us that says like achieve and be great and elevate your name and all of those sorts of things like to have I don't know the verse I'm bad at that but like you know scriptures like um do your best to live a quiet mm-hmm. and humble life like what does that look like in today's day and age it's different for everyone but you know that has been a verse that's like kind of become more alive to me of like mm-hmm. my days are kind of quiet and that's kind of forced on me sometimes so how can I embrace that because scripture says that's a good thing yeah wow wow that's so good I love that I love that okay I think I think that's it I would love to keep going but I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna call it we did it that's great got it done (laughs) okay well this has been fun thanks for having me Matt yeah you got any other past questions or anything that you guys want to go back to there's other episodes look back on it it's on Spotify Apple iTunes it's all there see you soon